My name is Johan, and this is Beholding. I'm taking a long journey endeavoring to find out what God is like using the scriptures as my roadmap, and I'm inviting you to come with me. The podcast is our canvas, and the painting is an ever-expanding portrait of Jesus. So let's pause and take the time to behold him together. The fact is, you cannot talk about the love of God. The love of God has no meaning whatsoever unless you understand the judgment of God that all of us deserve. Robert Jeffress Hello everyone, welcome to Beholding. I'm Johan, so glad that you joined me again today. So again, by now you know that you can go to the website to find the blog. Any information about me, you can support the show there as well, or check the show notes to get there. So last week, we began going through the seven seal judgments of God, the unveiling of God's battle plan and the riders of the four horses. We got through the first four seals, which we read were announced by the four living creatures. This week, we get the next two seal judgments and then a break before the last judgment found in Revelation 6, 9 to 17. Here's that passage. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And when he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? That's a hefty passage, but we're going to begin to list things that we learn about him, about his character, and I'm sure I'm going to miss some things in here, but these are the things that I've written down, and there's 17 because it's a long passage. Number one, there are souls of martyrs under the altar in heaven. Number two, the fifth seal releases intercession in heaven, crying out for justice through those that have been martyred. Number three, He gives white robes to those that had been martyred. Number four, he is sovereign. Five, he is holy and true. Number six, the shedding of blood for his sake stirs up his heart. Number seven, God allows and knows how many are going to be killed for the witness of the gospel. Number eight, 
there is a tipping point of the number of saints he will allow to be martyred. Number nine, he uses earthquakes as a means of judgment. Number 10, he will darken the sun in that day. Number 11, in that day he will cause the moon to be blood red. 12, in that day he will cause stars, also translated asteroids, to fall from the sky. Number 13, he causes the sky to roll up like a scroll. Now, I can't even comprehend what that would look like, but there it is. 14, he will cause mountains and islands to be removed from their place. 15, his judgments will strike fear into the hearts of leaders and people of influence in all streams of society. Number 16, his judgments are so great that unbelievers will cry out for death to come upon them. And lastly, 17, his judgments seem unbearable to unbelievers. Now, what we do when we read the passage and we list them, we declare them so that it finds its way into our prayer life. So we're going to do that here. You have space under your altar where the martyrs dwell in heaven. Your judgments cause intercession of the martyrs in heaven. You give those who have been killed for your sake a white robe. Those that are martyred declare your sovereignty. Those that are martyred declare that you are holy and true. And we agree. The shedding of innocent blood of your saints stirs up your heart and you respond. You know every person, the perfect amount of those that are to be slain for your sake. You have a number of martyrs in mind before you avenge the blood of the martyrs. You bring earthquakes as a form of judgment on the earth. You have all authority, authority over the sun, heavenly bodies, the stars, everything in the sky. You will cause fearful things to happen in the sky in that day of judgment. You will remove mountains and islands from their place. Your judgments will strike fear into the hearts of leaders and people of influence in all streams of society. Your judgments are so great that unbelievers will cry out for death to come upon them. Your judgments seem unbearable to unbelievers. But God, we say we love your judgments. Just and true are your ways. So Jesus, we trust you. 
We agree with David when he says your judgments are more precious than gold and much sweeter than honey. God, we come to terms with the fact that many will lose their lives for your sake. Maybe even us. But we agree with Paul when he says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we count it all as loss for the sake of knowing you. So Jesus, we love you and we trust you. Your leadership is perfect. All your ways are perfect. And we thank you that you have a battle plan in place. That you've let us in on it so that we know what we are looking at when it all comes down. Don't let us be shocked in that day. Let us hold fast to your promise and knowing your kingdom will be established on the earth. We know the end of the story. Even so, come Lord Jesus. How do these things make you feel? Are there questions, anything that offends you when you read them? Take the time, approach the Lord, ask him about it, ask him to reveal his heart in the midst of it. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know his ways and his leadership. He's a good leader. He'll bring you along and teach you. Take the time to talk to him about it. Thanks for taking this exciting journey with me. We'll talk to you again next week. May God give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him.